following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. and welcome to a brand new episode of the airing of grievances you're home for once a month star wars talk right here on the network at bicbp-radio.com my name is matt johnson one of your hosts and uh as per usual i am joined by my good friends my pals my fellow uh scoundrels rebel scum um yeah Brian Finch. Brian Finch, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Thank you for asking. And uh, Mr. Uh, Skeletor, I mean Johnny Townsend. Johnny, hello. How are you? I'll see you in hell. Skeletor never makes an appearance in Star Wars as far as I know, right? What a crossover. Always. <laughs> when you least suspect it, I'll be there. And I'm not going to do any of my impressions for this show uh, for the PG sake rated. of everybody. Huh? PG rated. Yes. Hey, yes. I can't do PG. <laughs> Skeletor PG can. Yeah, Skeletor is Skeletor's very PG. He knows he yeah. knows how to handle it. Yeah. P- PG and woke. So. <laughs> yes. That's Skeletor to a T. <laughs> um. Force so sensitive. No. Skeletor force, is force sensitive. Yes, he is. Yes, I'll he is. I said it here first. <laughs> so we are here, everybody, and uh, chit chatting about just uh, well, today's subject is very, um, uh, just a nice general discussion because legitimately there has been nothing Star Wars related. We discussed the conclusion of Ahsoka uh, for last episode. And, uh, you know, wrapped it up there. The series did very, very well, received very, very well. And, uh, and other than that, there really hasn't been anything, you know, news-wise uh, that I've heard. No no toy things, no no video game announcements that I can recall, no no trailers, no no anything. Do you guys see anything else on the, on the Star Wars front? All quiet on the Star Wars front. On the Star yeah, Wars battle very front. quiet in the Force currently. <laughs> the only thing I can even remotely think of, is, but I, I'm pretty sure we already talked about it, was that game they announced like a couple months back. All oh, the Outlaw or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, it's pretty quiet out there in the in the galaxy. It is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm even trying to quick glance some stuff and things and. Yeah, there, there's not a whole lot. Maybe some things will progress. Obviously, with the uh, the actor strike coming to a conclusion, uh, yeah. which is always you know good to hear. The actors' union, um, you know, getting the deal that they wanted, 
which is always good to hear. Happy to hear the actors and everybody who helps put together uh, the television and movies that we like, you know, getting their fair shake. Um, despite what some people think that, you know, they don't get enough, but <laughs> they they don't. Uh, so we wanted to open this thing up uh, to a general discussion today. Split it about the episode about 50-50. We'll see where the conversation takes us. But have a general discussion about um, Star Wars toys. And, of course, do a little bit of a character analysis of Grand Admiral Thrawn, who uh, is a mysterious character for me- for many people. Um, somebody who I've, I've come to, you know, come to really learn about the last year. Uh, Brian actually suggested the books for me. And I, I want to say I read, I started reading like February or March. We'll, we'll get to Thrawn. He'll be in the back half of the episode, but uh, I think largely mysterious. A lot of people, uh, Johnny, you know, was was pretty much brand new to him. Maybe heard the name before and such, but um, yeah, I definitely was aware of the name and I was aware yeah. of the character, but I didn't know very much about about him. Besides that, he was blue. <laughs> That's yeah. something I know. Yeah, um, great, great character. Looking forward to kind of chat with chat about him today. I just finished uh, another uh, Thrawn based book, so I can give. Uh, um, some, uh, you know, we can have have some fun discussions, but I uh, wanted to talk Star Wars toys because Star Wars toys is what keeps this franchise pumping constantly when there's no movies, when there's no TV, uh, when there's no other stuff. It's the toys that that sells it. And it used to be targeted towards children. Now, the way that prices are uh, with a lot of things, it's uh, it's 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 very adult oriented. But I think many people know uh, the the origin of the Star Wars, just Star Wars action figures and how they kind of came about. Uh, we'll give a, just a quick history lesson here that George Lucas was looking for toys because uh, some kind of toy deal. And the only people that he can really find uh, that would give it, that would do it, would give offer anything was uh, was Kenner. And Kenner was kind of in the – they weren't doing too well at that point, if I'm not mistaken, right? They were a, a struggling toy company. They had maybe a couple things here and there that were popular a decade, decade and a half before, but they were kind of struggling. Uh, and they made absolute bank. Um, yes. <laughs> absolute bank. So the the, the deal, uh, according to toy history, is that uh, George Lucas – received $10,000 in royalties. Um, I believe that was a, on a per year basis, I, th- I think, or maybe it was a general fund. But he would also receive all, uh, George Lucas would actually only, because he was so desperate to find uh, an action figure pr- producer, he only received five cents for every dollar of these action figures. Um, I think part of the deal was that Kenner had a, I, I think it was an annual $10,000 um, and royalty, and actually, the reason why Lucas was able to renegotiate with Hasbro years later for a much higher sum, a uh, much higher chunk of change, is because you know there's no movies, there was no toys coming out. It had kind of completely slipped their mind. But uh, can you imagine with with the craze of Star Wars that you know back then you're you know yeah sure you get a nice sweet ten thousand dollar paycheck, but for all those action figures, I mean thousands upon thousands upon thousands we could even be talking of the millions we um, are talking millions yeah we are talking millions yeah uh till i receive a, a nice shiny nickel 
uh, <laughs> per, per action figure. But that's five. That's like millions of nickels, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a million times point five. That's not a whole lot. It's that's more I than I have. I tell you that much. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. That I I I am the same. I'm feeling the same boat. Twenty-five thousand. Um, Long enough. What's that? I took a quick stab of my brain. Did you? Way off. Don't even <laughs> Math is hard, man. Math is hard. Yeah. I'll um, use the Googler. Keep going. There you go. Uh, so that was the the OG deal. And, uh, you know. Well, it's, it's just it's, fun. It's just really fascinating because we we have the the benefit of being able to look back, right? Yeah. They're, they're in the moment. I mean, before Star Wars comes out, he even had to shop stuff. Star Wars around, right? He the actual movies, and then even after that, he had to finance a big chunk of it himself. Yeah, just to get the movies made. And uh, on top of that, he said, "Hey, I want to do some toys." On top of that, like there had been obviously some licensed toys before Star Wars, but Star Wars really, really blew the the hat off the the Star Wars uh, off the head of having licensed toys really because it was such a phenomenon as soon as that movie comes out and it does so huge and then i mean it's obvious if you're a little kid and you see star wars you're like i gotta have myself a luke skywalker action figure like stat yeah you know, it just makes sense yeah did you do your math there brian i did he earned 50k on every one million dollars of toys sold hmm uh, yeah, not bad, right? That's not 70s. bad, especially in the seventies, right? Yeah. Do I need to go to the inflation calculator? Now? <laughs> <laughs> you're, are you are, are, are you're our official math guy for this episode? All right, I'll do that too. Why not? Fifty k in the seventies, man. That's a lot of cocaine. Um, <laughs> I think it was still a lot of weed back then. I yeah, like, probably, it was probably more so on the weed side. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like Lucas is more of a weed guy. Just guessing. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Oh yeah, cocaine's oh, more of an eighties thing. So yeah, probably, I'm probably yeah. a couple years out. But, but Stephen King wrote a lot of movies on or books on cocaine in the seventies, so maybe you're right. Uh, maybe. Hey, Beatles. Hey, if you got fifty k, uh, you can buy whatever you want. Beatles, uh, most of those great Beatles records, you know, a <laughs> uh, little bit another influence when they wrote those things. A little <laughs> bit, all sorts of different influences, uh, <laughs> as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys ever like owned any of the the OG like Kenner or owned or seen any of them at all, well, my brother had them. Okay. Uh, my brother and I had a second cousin who was, you know, a few years, several years older than me, like a decade. Okay. Uh, so he also had him, and he was an only child, so he was super spoiled. So he got everything. My brother swears that he had one of the ATSTs. Really? Well, yeah. And those oh. were, oh yeah, really nice back then. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's when you got bang for your buck when it came to action figures. Now you pay like twenty bucks and they're like this big. They're like, and, and by this, by this big, it's like four inches. I was blown away that hey, four inches. You know, it's not about the size. Uh, but <laughs> the the one thing that just always blows me away is how like that's those figures were like two to three dollars when they came out. Yeah, originally. yeah, and and they were very simple too. Um, yeah, I. So I. When my stag party it was in 2018, uh, I I happened to know that Dave and Adams store, which is which is a big local card place around here, but they used to have a massive toy section. I think they might just do it online, but they do sports autographs, and, and that's their 
that's their 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 big business. Um, Johnny, our good friend Zion Williamson, uh, his rookie card sold for. A, I, I know people who work there, and and somebody dropped like eighty grand for his rookie card before even. Oh, good investment! <laughs> before he even played a, a a quarter of basketball. What a great investment on a guy that I literally just dropped off my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> what a great! What a! I literally did that today because I needed a small four, and it's like I can let this guy go for a little bit. I may pay for it later. He's got talent, but yeah, you know, still somewhere under there. Um, yeah. <laughs> for inflation, by the way, uh, yeah, just about a quarter million dollars in today's money. Wow, wow. So I'd kill somebody. Inflation for that. of a million, yeah, just times that times five, so it's five million. So every five million dollars today, he got a quarter. Wow, that's like a month's supply of groceries at the store right now. <laughs> it's, it's, that's, any, that's not counting the gas to get to the grocery yes, store. Yes. Any, anyways, um, that's a sad fact you just said. <laughs> that's a sad, sad fact. I literally today I saw. Uh, you know the you remember the original Good Burger movie? Like they're making a they're making yeah a sequel. yeah. There's a sequel coming out to it. So of all places, Arby's of all places, our good friends at Arby's are doing like a special combo you can get a Good Burger combo. Yeah, and it literally is like fifteen dollars for a burger, <laughs> fries, and a milkshake. And I'm like, good god, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I love Arby's, but I I ain't paying that for a Good Burger combo. I don't. I don't think so. Back in my day, <laughs> yeah, five five beef and cheddars for five dollars. Back in my day, you get Arby's, you're getting five bucks, you're getting five amazing roast beef sandwiches. Yeah, you were full full on it. Now it's like, ugh, you get like half a sandwich. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> so we're Star Wars. <laughs> yes, swerve. Uh, me, Johnny, and Brian are starting the Arby's cast next. Um, yeah, we got Arby's, the meats. We got the meats. Uh. <laughs> But I, I did, ha- like, hold them, and they're very simple, like, nature things, but that's, like, again, like, licensed action figure. People didn't care. They just right. wanted them. They just wanted the action figures. It was really weird because I was like, oh, like, the lightsaber thing. It was like this lever, like, that you pushed out of their wrist, and it's yeah. super weird. Yeah, the original ones, they don't even hold them. Like, it, the, the lightsaber's a part of the – it's actually molded into the – the the hand yeah so it's like yeah it it reminds me of like toby mcguire's spider-man where his webbing just kind of comes out of his arm i yeah. don't know it's just this is super creepy um but the big the sets were the big thing right they had like the dagobah set they might have had like a yavin set but they had really cool play sets to go with it they were they were pretty decent in size they had the vehicles which you mentioned um i actually when i lived in rochester they have the rochester museum of play there and they have the OG like ATSTs like the math like the big ones you know and and the giant like original Millennium Falcon that that people were just you know clamoring for back in the holidays, uh, and it's like it's really impressive stuff. Um, and and you know the, the material it all holds up pretty well today like to today's standards. They weren't cheaply made by any means. No, when in price comparison, it's actually not bad. Yeah. Uh, so once again, going to the inflation calculator, which I guess might be a handy tool on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was not quite anticipating, but it only costs a dollar forty nine roughly for the single 
um, six inch action figures. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So compared to what that would be in today, it's like six dollars and sixty nine cents. Nice. Right. That's very cheap comparatively to stuff today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cheap. Today, today it easily be at least ten dollars. Right. You would think. What are they? What do they go for today? I haven't bought a Star Wars action figure in a long time. The, no, it depends they, on what they, you look for. Well, right. I mean, they they've sold let's just say like a, a, so much stuff. Let's just say I go into Walmart and I'm going to pick a a run of the mill uh, Star Wars action figure, just a, a normal mm. normal. It one might like be that. around six fifty or so. Okay, uh, I think not, it's. A, I think it. No. Yeah, run of the all I see are the black series ones, which is like the big yeah. like elite one, and the, I that's like. 14 up maybe and, yeah i know those are a little bit a little bit more yeah a lot more articulated i know you can get a mid-dollar general so that's like no more than like five bucks right there oh no yeah some of them so yeah i guess some of them you can't you certainly can so that that is true it, de- it depends on what you're you're getting basically now there's so much different stuff before it was just like okay this is your kenner line this is what you get and it's that's it it wasn't a bunch of different right you know schemes to try and get money out of you but you know um, what really you know what really surprised me i was watching i wish i could remember the youtube channel i literally just watched it but this guy went really in depth in the first three waves of the star wars action figures the ones that accompanied the three movies yeah and what is wild is they covered so many different characters in those three movies so many but a certain uh tarkin didn't get a single one. Oh. Yeah, I, I is that not mind blowing? He's like such I, an important part of Star Wars. He didn't get one, but that daggum uh, droid in Jabba the Hutt's palace <laughs> got an action figure. <laughs> yeah, isn't that wild? So, yeah, they were a little so like just to hammer home what Johnny's saying here. Uh, Toby Dalla got an action figure. Don't I don't know what character that is. Toby Dollar, you know, Toby Dollar. Toby Dollar. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. I was thinking pro wrestling right away. (laughs) Somebody named Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, Blue Snaggletooth, Walrus. That's literally the the toys in E.T. Yeah. (laughs) It's so wild. Walrus, man? Yeah. I think a a lot of those aliens in... You know, when Luke and uh, is in the um, it's the cantina scene at the cantina, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those, which yeah, are very that's... cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, if I was a, if I was a, um, trying to complete that set now, I'd want all those. But how, like, one of the most important villains in the whole series never got one of those first three movies is wild to me. Well, they should be by like, by popularity and price. So, like, you know, t- t- dad. Or uh, you know, dad's not great at shopping for the kids, and he waits yeah. way too long on Christmas, so he comes home with Walrus Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some kid got really mad because their aunt got him like a a B five two seven trash can droid looking thing. Uh, Toby Dollar, like a gonk droid or something. Like a, I got I got the Star Wars toys you asked for. Yeah. Snaggletooth, who the fuck is Snaggletooth? <laughs> it's just like in um, uh, Jingle All the Way when no one wants yes. the booster. Nobody likes you, booster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said you weren't going to do a voice. I did. Oh, you, there. <laughs> you got me. I, that's my favorite Christmas movie. So anytime. That is a classic Christmas film. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. 
um <laughs> which is an interesting thing too i almost forgot like the christmas thing like the kenner like that first christmas when they announced those toys weren't readily available i, I don't think a lot of people other people realize this too it they was basically ready. an empty yeah it was an empty box <laughs> which right. is even worse saying hey yeah. it's coming yep you don't have it yet they yep. sold you a box that you had to buy uh, in hopes that they would keep up to the word and send you the figures later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it belie- like that's so cool because like the belief in the product line was so strong that they knew what they had on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like we could do this. We, we, we could tell them you basically are making a down payment or whatever on this action figure and you'll get it in three months. And, and people are like, yeah, that's fine. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. They were the, feeding for whatever, it. Like someday. And the other thing too is, each movie when it came out would uh, those figures would you'd have to get so many of those figures and you could mail off for another figure, right? And that yes. is something that they don't really I don't think they really even do anymore with anything, do they? That's I remember when I was a kid that was a a lot of stuff you could do like that. Hey, you save up so many proofs of purchases, yep. and you can send those in, and you'll get a, a toy or something for it. It happened all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. It's, Did you get it, one of the vinyl caped uh, Obi Wans? You want a real cloth one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the big, the Jawa one. The 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 actual like cloth cape Jawa one ja- yeah. was that. That was the big. That was one of the the big ones. Um, Boba Fett with the yeah. actual jet firing backpack. Kid that was a. Him. Yeah, that was a that was a big issue. There's a that's yeah. a very rare item. Yeah, a, a, a kid literally. And it's Battlestar Galactica's fault of all things. Uh, they'd put out uh, like some kind of ship that had those type of rockets in it. Yeah, and uh, I think it was a four-year-old swallowed one and literally passed away from it. Jesus. And they're like, "Yeah, we can't have these anymore." And they're just like, "That, yeah, we can't yeah. do those now." I mean, but... I agree. We don't need any more kids. <laughs> oh, you meant the toys? The to- to- my bad. <laughs> nice save. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> was it? I, I had no idea where he was going with that. Um. So, oh dear God. So, um. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of like the, the faith in it is is really cool. I know me as a child would have been like, like I would have took my Luke Skywalker box and my Darth Vader box and would have just like smashed them together and be like, oh Christmas. Like I, I don't know, like. It, <laughs> Like that's 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 what I would have did. I did. I, I it took we a, have a genius. I was what your parents were thinking. We got a genius right here. Well, I would talent. do that later down the line. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but and this sounds really bad in hindsight, but it's like the perfect like child abduction sort thing. But um, but hear me out. So I had a neighbor across the street that grew up with my dad. And um, one day we were, I was played out in the street and I knew him. His name was Steve. Good dude. Good dude. He goes, I had something Star Wars related. He goes, hey, kid, you like Star Wars? I go, yeah. He goes, come on inside. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it like, Johnny's laughing right now. This is honest to God, true story. You could have just stopped there. This would be the most horrific thing I've ever heard. That one yeah. of my close friends went yeah. through, and I didn't know. Like this is this is uh, this is your origin story of how you became you the became... monster that I am on panel discussion. Yes, yes, yeah. I, yes, it is. <laughs> but you know, he takes stars he... could teach you a lot about life, kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyways, he he brings. He, I go in the house. He takes me to the basement, and uh, this is not getting better. <laughs> it's gonna get better. He had the he had all the Star Wars toys for oh, yeah. like dating back. For, it, see, it does get better. It was totally worth it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it was it was totally worth that chance. <laughs> it was totally worth that chance. Hey, hey, hey. hey. That's why that's why I always that's why, never never tell me the odds. <laughs> that's why I always say yes to candy. I don't care who's offering. <laughs> so we go in there. The he showed it to me. His his basement looked like a department store. Like there was room for nothing else. He had those like Toys R Us, like those hanging racks, and he had boxes upon boxes of figures. Everything that had come out from the original Kenner line, still in the packages, all the play sets, um, everything onward, uh, you know, Power of the Force, all that stuff. And it, it, I actually ended up, there was a, a, a couple year period of time where I started collecting myself, and uh, which, which is really neat, uh, right around episode two, right around the time episode two, two landed. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, some tremendous action figures, like it, it, you know, along the line, a lot of cool memories. I used to love playing, you know, we used to do when my brother was younger and obviously I was far younger. Uh, we used to do like this toy war thing and we'd have like all the star Wars guys over here, all the Marvel characters, DC, um, like Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers. We used to split them up into this giant toy war. And I always liked the star Wars one, even though I always lost the lightsabers. I, I hated that. Well, Always lost the lightsabers. Yeah, they're just so easy to lose. Uh, one of the things I found really fascinating about the Kenner story is after the three movies, it obviously, I mean, there's no Star Wars for a long time, and yeah. it, it dries up, right? So what are you going to do? So they come up with this idea of there's this new bad guy, this new villain who's kind of uh, ari- uh, you know, rising up, and we got to take care of him. And so they start coming up with these and you can find these online they're really fascinating uh just all these characters like he's gonna uh control a clone army and all these things are gonna come after the jedis and stuff like that and then it'd be new versions of you know our heroes that have new versions of them but i think it looked really cool to me is this was about that time when that really humongous and famous um uh air you know the um what's it called that gi joe that giant set um, with the oh, air yeah. carrier, whatever that thing's called. Oh, Brian had one of those, I think. Yeah, right? Brian, and I think you, said you had one, right? Somebody did. Uh, it takes up the whole floor, basically. <laughs> yeah. What was that called? We, he, I was on nostalgia with you guys, nostalgia fun house. Yeah. Where's Andrew remember. when you need him? I, I mean, Andrew would know this in a second. I mean, oh, we always so need him, right. If he listens to this episode, he's gonna be so mad right now. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna right. yeah. unfriend Andrew, us on sorry Facebook. That you just broke everything within your reach. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like they had the they had an an idea of a set in Star Wars that would rival up to that. It came with like a giant, um, uh, a couple of giant of the at at walkers and stuff. It was like a whole place that involved like the area that held those. Yeah, essentially, and it looked so dang cool. But of course, uh. You know, the Star Wars people were like, yeah, we don't want to do this. <laughs> so they couldn't do it. <laughs> so all of that was scrapped. That's very disappointing here. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tough. You, you need things, you know, to kind of, kind of consistently. Fly. I, th- I think that's that was a trailblazing kind of thing, too, right? Because 
after the Star Wars well dried up, after there was no movies and stuff, obviously the sales slowed down significantly. But you start to see all these cartoons pop up in the 80s where they're literally made just to sell toys. Yeah. And uh, if 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 there's no show, the, the toys don't do well. Uh, and, you know, that, that was a big part of right. TMNT kind of coming in, like mainstream popularity, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Thundercats. The, the big one would be Master, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. He-Man, yeah. that, that cartoon was literally made to sell the toys. Yeah. Uh, but all, I mean, all that basically happened because of the the, the fallout from Star Wars. Because you, you think about it, after Return of the Jedi, you know, maybe a couple attempts here and there, but the well is pretty dry until probably the mid '90s when Power of the Force, uh, it, when I think Hasbro takes over, and they start doing it with those Power of the Force figures with like Darth Vader in the corner and those black and green packages. Do you guys remember those at all? They, yes. they were they, they yeah. drew some I have some at the studio hanging up um but they drew a lot of influence so to speak from uh they were they were actually like maybe so desperate for new different figures that they were taking from uh uh the comics and stuff the comics the the, the books they did the heir to the empire storyline they did the uh the clone the clone emperor storyline and they turned them into into action figures which was uh which was pretty unique for that time. Uh so what do you what do you guys remember like the first batch of Star Wars figures you either you know ever had or um you know really came across or do you just remember like coming out like around cuz you guys are in that weird era like born in that weird era where it's after return of the Jedi. So maybe Star Wars isn't the most prominent thing in your immediate youth, but right it would eventually be. Yeah, for me, I mean I was born in 83 so like the star wars movies were not in my childhood Uh, i mean they were but they'd already been out for a long time right so the toys weren't like something that i'd see all the time i was definitely a ninja turtle kid uh those are the ones that i always sought and 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 wanted because that was what was big when i was a kid that was that my first love was ninja turtles but so i didn't really get into star wars figures probably until honestly uh the prequels started coming out because that's Phantom when, Menace. yeah, yep. Phantom Menace especially was like that's when I I still remember seeing a Darth Maul figure. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen, right? And I'm like a a young, I'm like in my teens, and this is the coolest thing. This this character, so that's probably when I would say the first one. I just have a very distinct memory of it, are, are those because by the time and Brian, you might be similar to this. By the time we were of age to like be asking for action figures and stuff like that. Star Wars, while I knew what it was, was kind of uh, on the afterburner when you had Ninja Turtles and and He-Man and all these other more important to me at that time action yeah. figures out there. Yeah, th- thinking of like comparison of so 78 my brother's also only one years old you know, when Star Wars becomes a thing. So even he, while he does end up getting some of the toys, even he was super young to right. be getting these toys. It it really is your dad's generation, Matt, that was like, maybe, is his, is his brother, your uncle, is he younger than your dad? Uh, my dad is, uh, was born in 1969. So he's nice. the third. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so- he's, he's the third. 
how would I describe it? He's like the third oldest. So he has two older brothers and a younger sister. But okay. so he was born around that time. He actually had all of them. And he passed well, them down to me, which I was fortunate. Nine years old for when that project line's coming out. So yeah, he actually, uh, as I mentioned in the in the New Hope episode, he's seen it in the, that that uh, that China, that Chinese theater or whatever in in California, that really famous one in Hollywood or Los Angeles or whatever it is. He's seen it, so he was like blown away by Star Wars. But I, he ended up passing down a lot of those fi- the figures that he kept around like to me, which was real, always really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So even my brother didn't have them. So I'm with Johnny in that there is that gap where they lose popularity and there's no new toys and coming out and definitely no new toys being pushed by a movie or anything like that. So I was probably collecting, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Ghostbusters, and then. He's reaching for the audience. He's reaching back and grabbing something. The micro machines. Oh man! So this is Christmas of '96, and it was the Christmas that myself, my brother-in-law, and my brother, we all got like so many. Like every every package we opened was another micro machine Star Wars something. Um, I don't know where that really came from. I mean, obviously, it's the Micro Machines product line that, that kicked it off. They just started, like, buying different licenses and just seeing, like, what can we do? Is that another one? Yep. This is Hoth. Hoth is inside of here. Oh, what inside the hell? There. Yeah, Why did you guys is... tell me you were having a Micro Machines off today? What the fuck? This I just happen to have it on my desk. Cloud City, and the, I have the Boba Fett mask. So Johnny showed his R2-D2. I've got the Boba Fett mask. And it's uh the Cloud City Bespin uh inside there. Wow, you boomers have me feeling so mid right now. <laughs> I have no Star Wars toys here. Nothing. Sorry. And I only have one no, it's cool. It's cool. Star it's Wars cool. action figure, and I bought it for myself. Um uh, many years ago. I bought a Darth Vader because I love Darth Vader. And I saw it and I wanted it, so I bought it. Yeah, I got quite a few uh Funko Pops of uh, Star Wars, but um yeah, it, it. I really truly love that, uh, that era of micro machines putting out these sets. They did all kinds of different ones. Uh, I obviously had a lot of the Ninja Turtle ones. Uh, I had a couple of the Star Trek ones. I had a couple of the Star Wars ones. I just love that era. Like those little mini miniature toys are just so incredible. What they can make it out of those, it's pretty cool. Yeah, my humble cool. break is that I got the Millennium Falcon um, oh. micro machine, which really it's just a glorified carrying case. That's really all it is. Yeah, you but it's just, still really cool. Yeah, you can just put a whole bunch of vehicles in there and then close it up. But yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, so I do have an experience I have. No, that's fine. That's oh. the only experience I really have with collecting Star Wars figures. I never really got into it even after that, you know. It wasn't until years later when probably the, uh, you know, like when, when the prequels are, are wrapping up. Like, I probably bought that Vader right around the same time that, like, Episode 3 was coming up. Okay. When I get, when all the emotions and everything got kicked back up again, and I was like, oh, I got to so get a Star Wars toy. And then it went away. 
No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. Uh, this is like it, it's kind of like break pretty breaking news. It's not like Star Wars related, but for Marvel fans, uh, Pedro Pascal is going to be Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movies. Ugh. I don't like that. People He's a are, really good actor. He is. He's a very good actor. I'm not gonna be able to split him off. I don't think. <laughs> From Mandalorian, that's what I'm thinking immediately. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. People like him in uh, that video game adaptation. Oh, Last of Us. Oh, Last of Us. Uh, yeah, his star is really hot right now. It's people are like, oh, he's in everything. And I really I'm like, thought Jim from The Office crushed it personally. Oh, that's I liked a lot. I would have liked that too myself. The lo- the logic behind him and Doctor Strange was that people wanted it so bad that they wanted to make him look stupid. In the in the in, in like a bad Mister Fantastic, so they had him be really dumb <laughs> and get killed. That that was the logic. Like, but they uh, made like all a, of them dumb. They all. I know killed. that was the that was kind of that was kind of the point. That was like the logic with uh with it, like, kind of like jobbing somebody out in pro wrestling. Like that's yeah. kind of that's kind of that's not even our universe universe though. So I don't care. Like, yeah. Do you want. Yeah. 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 Just leave our Reed, Reed Richards. <laughs> <laughs> so very interesting. I thought that was a cool. Little, I just I just popped up. Um. People are listening to this episode like, yeah, that happened like three days ago, guys. Like, listen, 45 <laughs> minutes. God. Uh, I Oh, that too. That too. I'm going to try and drop it tonight. Um, okay. That, that happened all but... 18 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I was mentioning that, uh, you know, my dad passed down a lot of, you know, a lot of his Star Wars action figures down to me, which is, which is pretty cool. I remember... I had a stormtrooper. I had X-wing Luke, Han Solo. I had Boba Fett with the rocket in. It was like lodged into the back. Um, a couple other, a couple other ones that that I would have. It was actually weird when we moved into my. Well, my, I ended up growing, you know, growing up in the in the house that my dad grew up in. But when we, when he essentially removed back in, we were working on some of the. They were working on some of the pipes, and they actually found like a Yoda figure like in the pipes just covered in like hair and just like, I don't know what happened to it, but really, I always thought that was really, really cool. But I remember uh, I, I have, remember... I have an update to your update. Um, If you actually look at the article, it's not 100% official yet. Uh, the article actually says he's in talks and it's in the talks are progressing. Well, so it probably will happen from the sounds of it, but Marvel themselves apparently hasn't come out as of yet and said it. Yeah, it's according to Deadline, which is yep. the definitive choice for industry insiders. <laughs> oh, duh. Of course. That's yeah, what their Twitter says. So, yeah. yeah. Sure thing, then. But I wouldn't so be shocked. That. I wouldn't be shocked if that comes off being what it is, though. Yeah, dude, that's so cool that you got to, your dad was able to pass that down to you. Um, yeah. So, who has them now? I hope that they didn't do one of their famous. One parent take everybody out. The well, the other one sends them all the good uh, goodwill and Salvation Army and poor people because I'm poor and I wanted those toys. <laughs> I think my brother has them hiding somewhere. Okay, I think, and I ha- I would like to inquire about them because it's I, I just to show you guys like it's 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 pretty cool stuff. I, I had a lot of good memories, you know, with those yeah. toys growing up. Yeah. Um. But I do remember the, the like the Phantom Menace toy craze, and that right. was that was insane. Like that's when I was oh, really yeah. starting to come into my own as a Star Wars fan, and I just remember going to Toys R Us and Kmart, 
and KB and the big massive displays. I remember Kmart, you walked in and everywhere. It wasn't even just in the toy section, but these hanging like cardboard displays of different Star Wars characters. Like that's how crazy the merchandise hype was. They were they were having news reports on just how crazy the toys people were going for the toys. Nothing to do with the movies at all. They're talking about <laughs> people like camping outside. Yeah. Like like you know, like it's a like it is a, for a movie or something like that. Waiting yeah. just to get in and get a Star Wars toy. Those department stores like went so crazy about it and rightfully so that i remember like there was a designated aisle before the toy aisles in the yes. stores for these action figures and it you're dude you're talking like 30 feet long you know six foot high eight foot high you know racks that they, all these are on and it's just full of all sorts of stuff you, you had lightsabers every single different size of uh action figure all all the so many vehicles. I remember like being blown away, like, wow, you get so many different vehicles you can get here. This wasn't like this in the past, but obviously it was. I just they were so expensive back in the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Fine. They got a little bit cheaper, I think, uh in the early two thousands there. A little bit. Yeah, they had the tanks, the uh they call it the, the, the they call them the staps, the the Nabu Starfighters, Droid Bat, all that also, stuff. Also kind of think, and this is just just my belief is that it also sort of started the phenomena of the adult collector becoming a major, a major force yep. in toys. Yeah. Way more than kids. Now I, I guarantee you now, if you go down the toy aisle, you'll may see more <laughs> adults shopping for themselves. than you'll see uh, kids or somebody shopping for a kid. I, me, Oh, I'm not knocking it. I've done it. A yeah, no, times. <laughs> it, but but you you make a good point because I felt like it, it 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 did hit that way a little bit in the night, like the late the, like that was the first time period where I remember people doing that because people were just going there and just blowing all their money and they actually overproduced like action figures. I remember this being a big thing because a lot of the episode one stuff is not worth diddly squat right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's not worth a thing. Like you can find a lot of still packaged episode one toys for like five bucks. Um just about anywhere but uh, dude i i had i had had, there was a lot there was a lot of neat stuff i had an electronic star wars episode one battleship game that was really neat that sounds so cool (laughs) like the the big like five like the five hit one for the for the good side was like the 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 queen starship and then for the bad side it was the trade federation droid ship and there was it was just it was a lot of cool stuff it was uh there was that so many board games um the pod racers, I like it, it was just unfathomable how much like they just put out just the most ridiculous stuff. The watches, uh, it, the lightsabers coming back, the plastic lightsabers, like it was just insane. The that was my big purchase was getting the the Darth Maul lightsaber. I had one of those where they um, the they came out of both sides of my lightsaber and I was like, I'm a really cool guy. (laughs) And it lit up. That's how cool I was. That's awesome. And those were like the first, not that they would advertise this because probably fear of lawsuits and afterwards, but that would have been like the first time that people were buying these lightsabers to actually like duel with their friends. Yeah. Like for it so much so that one of my friends and this other super nerdy kid at a talent show did the famous 
battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul for a talent show. That's so turned, cool. He turned <laughs> the lights down and firing up the lightsabers, and here they go twirling around on stage. I was that, mystified by it. I, I did. Rules. I was I was Obi-Wan in the third grade, and my cousin did Darth Maul, um, which was just like, for me, that was just the coolest thing. But that was like, I mean, that was that was awesome. My sister, my sister was uh, Queen Amidala. Like, it was all the rage, and that, that was like one of the it, probably aside from Pokemon, probably the first big like trendy pop culture craze I had ever seen because it was just everywhere. It was it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. that's now, a good I comparison. Love- Pokemon was very much a, I mean, it still oh, is, yeah. but a huge yeah. thing. Yeah, big one. And I um, love that you brought up like how adults are buying up the toys like crazy because. I- I may be wrong in this, but it seemed like once they noticed that there were other side companies that all of a sudden started thinking like, what if we design action figures specifically for adults to collect? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you got the crazy spawn, like action figures coming out. The McFarland squad. Yeah. 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 And I was like, and and I know that you were gifted a few for the studio. Yes. That are like, epic looking just like pieces of art like they're like statues basically yeah they're like pvc statues that will will give to the studio um you know just i mean tons of them they're hanging out they're they're displayed in the pod cave but it's it's uh it's it's an incredible amount of of action figures it it's so massive honestly we we could in and and maybe down the line we can like pick a specific movie like action figure base and just break it down because it we could have this conversation for four hours easily um it, it's it's that broad um but it, i i guess kind of you know again there's just been so much stuff whether it's been funko uh lego there's been more recently uh they've been doing those high-end like helmets and we have those those expensive like force effects lightsabers that you can actually like battle with and they make cool sounds but uh it simply put the 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 legacy of star wars toys is 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 uh it's 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 pretty amazing it's pretty amazing when you think about it do you, do you have any favorites that that I got, again i know you guys kind of grew up in that weird period but do you have like a favorite one that that you really enjoyed uh, owning or that you've seen my favorite star wars toy was literally that 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 Darth Maul lightsaber I had, I yeah. kept the thing for a long time until like it, it just didn't work anymore. <laughs> so, right. Um, it might actually still be in my closet. I don't know if I actually really got rid of it, but uh, I love that thing. Uh, I just just thought it was the coolest thing, and, you, and I got I had to be like eighteen or nineteen when I got it. I don't remember how old I was, but mm. uh, old enough to where like Brian and I grew up in the era where being a nerd wasn't necessarily a cool thing. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't care because I just thought that lightsaber was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought what I was about... super edgy when I was doing X Men instead of other stuff. <laughs> yes, I yeah. wasn't big edgy at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a personal toy that I own, my favorite has to be the Jabba the Hutt Palace uh, Micro Machine. I guess you can call them a playset. They're miniature playsets. Um, because it's got a the working Sarlacc pit, they just push a button and the Sarlacc pit's mouth opens up and can drop characters in there. So oh, I, need, cool. I need a picture. I need a picture it's, of this, Brian. It's in the other room, so you have to wait till after. 
I'll wait. I'll wait. It's worth it. <laughs> and then the you, favorite one that I ever oh. played with has to be um, the speeder from the first Star Wars movie. My cousin had uh, Luke's speeder. Oh, the land speeder. Yeah, yeah dude, that was so that was so cool looking. That is pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, this is a tough choice. My favorite one that I probably bought. It was a. Uh, it was actually like a. It was like a, one of those Tiger Electronic games, but it was a combo. Okay. It came with a. It was from Episode One, and it had like a young Anakin Skywalker figure. You put him in the cockpit of the uh, the Nabu Starfighter, which was massive. So it's a it's a toy on its own. But there was like this little dial game where you spun it around and try to avoid enemy fire, and you pull like a trigger on the bottom of it, and it would shoot at like the different targets and stuff. It was it was it was kind of neat. Um, favorite one that it was probably the favorite one I ever bought. Um, I had a lot of cool Lego ones, like uh, uh, they had the the Emperor or Chancellor Palpatine's office, and they had the four Jedi, like Mace Windu and all that. And there was a nice long stretch hallway, and Anakin was in it, and Palpatine had a bunch of different lightsabers. It was a really cool set. But I think my favorite one, and I actually just got it a couple months ago. I think I sent a picture to you guys. Was Will got me it. It's that Mustafar playset with uh, with Anakin and Obi Wan, and you could drop like there's like a flip flippy thing where you can like drop like Anakin in the lava, and one of the flip sides his hand is sticking out. There's like a boulder thing, but it's like it's really cool um, how it is. I got it. I got it on display there. It's it's massive, but uh, I mean so much good Star Wars stuff. So much good Star Wars stuff. We've been uh, we've been very fortunate. Um, is there anything you guys want to add to that before we get to our our, uh, our Thrawn discussion? Let's throw it. Toys are cool. Toys are cool. Very cool. Um, that's for sure. All right. So moving on. Moving on. Uh, so Thrawn, we want to do a character analysis again because there's not a whole lot of news and stuff going on. Uh, Thrawn is the new big rage right now for a lot of people who are not familiar with his books, not familiar with his appearances on Rebels. Um, but the big blue... Um, Chiss general warrior, um, which you know, it just strategist, it, it, an absolute brilliant military mind, is uh, is is the new bad right now in in all of Star Wars because all eyes are on Ahsoka and kind of that Disney Plus streaming service. Um, for those who don't know, uh, and I didn't realize that the book was made this early, but um, I thought it Air of the Empire came out like mid nineties, but it was actually like ninety ninety one. When Thrawn first debuted in in that in that whole trilogy, uh, written by Timothy Zahn, who's a tremendous author, me and Brian just brag about him all the time. But uh, this just this really cool cerebral figure. He wasn't violent or powerful, like in a strength kind of way, like a Vader or a Palpatine, or but he was a just just a strategist, right? He was just so smart. He was one, one or two steps ahead of you with everything that he did. And yeah, one of the things that I saw that probably really explains him the best was that he was not afraid to lose the small battles because he knew he was out for the big one. Those are the ones yep. that matter to him. So like he yep. would take a small loss because it felt he was setting up a big win basically. Correct. Yeah, so and that was get more information off you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like the the ending of the first heir to the, the of the heir to the empire book, and then there was the uh, the, the, the sequel book that followed, and and 
started to, to win. But yeah, he was always like long-term battle planning and, and a lot of people didn't realize it. And it's kind of a cool like thought process for life. Like, er, like everybody's just looking for like that quick, that quick success, quick gains, quick, you know, quick, small victories instead of long-term success. And that has always been Thrawn's end game. Uh, you know, especially being a character who obviously wasn't fit, featured in the original trilogy, um, but in storyline was was kind of out in hiding uh, to kind of help preserve the Empire, which is really, really cool. Um, Johnny, you're the most recent one to encounter Thrawn, really, like really, really get into him. Uh, what are your thoughts and impressions of the character as a whole, um, his his writing, his, his presence? Uh, just, just basically the whole mythos behind Thrawn. When you, when I first heard about him, I was like, "Well, he looks neat," but my first thought was, "If he's such a big bad, I, you know, originally I was like, well, what is he powerful? Like, you know, because I mean, he's coming on the heels of Vader and the Emperor. Like, you're thinking, you know, you know, Palpatine's like the most feared, powerful, you know, evil there is, and then Vader was right behind him, basically." Yeah, and then you come to find out Throne doesn't really have any powers per se like that. You're like, well, why are they so afraid of him then? And that was, and that kind of makes him even more intriguing to me, right? Like, it's, it's this is might be a weird comparison, but you know, in the lore of Superman, Superman's most famous villain arch enemy is is Lex, right? Yeah, and guess what? Lex is just a dude, <laughs> right? He's a just a really, dude. a really, really smart guy uh, who knows how to plan ahead, uh, yeah. and that's 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 what Thrones' superpower, if you want to call it that, is. Is he's incredibly brilliant, and that kind of makes him even scarier in a way. Uh, I really want to read those comics, like uh, the thing I was watching talked about uh, before, like uh, recently, like in the mid to early, in the mid to late two thousand teens. Marvel put yes. out a, a throne comic series. Looks really yep. interesting. Uh but it's just it, it's just that if I mean think of it this way. The there's all kinds of powerful people in the universe, in the Star Wars universe, and they're going out of their way to like keep this guy from coming back. And he really doesn't have any actual powers. Right. It's way more about how brilliant he is. And and that makes him incredibly deadly and menacing, is it? Because he's not afraid of anything, it seems. He doesn't seem to be. Nothing shakes him. Uh, it's just this steadfast belief that he's right. And guess what? Most of the time, he is. Uh, and what was even adds to sort of his, his creepiness, in a way, is that, and y'all kind of already alluded to this, but he... he goes in depth in studying his opponents it's not just trying to figure out how they would fight or stuff like that it's going like i want to know about their culture i want to know about uh, the planet they come from why do they think this way what what does they feel and he literally takes art from these places he has a whole art collection that's just uh, uh things that he's taken from these studies he's done on his opponents and that's to me even more of adding to his the air of creepiness and and just you know for a character to have 
no real actual force powers in in Star Wars, and yet be so highly feared yeah. is pretty dang incredible. So that's what really hooked me with this guy. It was like I have to know more about him just from that aspect of it. I mean, why is Ahsoka so afraid of him coming back? You right. Know, that type of thing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, and I think a pretty good I, I think it's a pretty good like kind of like newer impression of him. Um, Brian, you're a little bit you you've been a lot more familiar with with Thrawn than than I. You actually put me on to Thrawn uh earlier this year because you read the trilogy before I even picked up a book. And I think you I, I if I'm not mistaken, you watched Rebels. You are you completed Rebels quite some time ago. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah I've I've okay. watched the whole season all the way through and then several episodes multiple times. Oh. Um, my biggest, the biggest reason that I am such a fan of Thrawn is that as Johnny's already said, he is unique in the fact that there's no supernatural, at least on the surface, there's no supernatural abilities that he has that gives him an advantage or creates a certain sort of fear in, a, in an individual that they should stay away. Like, it's obvious that you should stay away from Darth Vader when he's choking out his own subordinates. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you obviously, you should stay away from Palpatine the Emperor because, I mean, look at the guy. He literally looks like the embodiment of evil. Like, the guy's gross. Like, there's nothing about Thrawn that's necessarily menacing other than Unless you don't like red eyes, you know, those stark red eyes. So cool. cool. So cool. But I wouldn't necessarily deem them as evil. I mean, I, I know that we associate red eyes with, you know, all sorts of demon stuff and whatnot in our mythology in real life. But I think more than anything, what got me to want to read the books on him was that he stood out in a way that. And and I'm gonna catch some heat, and I kind of prepared you guys for this. I believe Thrawn is the first ever Star Wars character that is on the spectrum. I don't know. I've seen C three Brio. As far as a living. Oh, bio- thanks for reminding me. I gotta pay my spectrum bill tomorrow. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he has these this these weird personality quirks where he doesn't pick up on normal human communication interactions. He's super awkward. If you read the books, I mean, Matt knows this for sure. Like, there's so many times that he's just incredibly awkward of these social cues. He just doesn't pick up on it. He's he's always thinking of other stuff that lets him, I don't know, kind of see through the bullshit. Like, He's involved in politics, but he has no idea how to do it. He has no clue what he's doing with politics and how you're supposed to navigate those waters. All he understands is objectives and the best way to manipulate stuff in order to get the results he wants. It's not a vindictive thing as much as for him you know, I mean, it, it gets tough because I knew, I think man and I plan on talking about this, but, you know, his goals aren't very concrete as far as why he's part of the Empire. Um, so quick backstory on, on him. He is of the race Chiss, and he is from what they call lesser space, 
and yes. is a far outer rim reaches like even beyond maybe even outer rim um i haven't you don't you can't even really find them on a map and they rely on what they call skywalkers to navigate their part of the galaxy yes. because it's extremely chaotic there's a lot of unpredictability out there there are no charted routes for these ships to navigate so they re- they rely on force sensitive uh young kids it's, it's no, girls girl. mostly the, the yeah. skywalker is basically preteen girls that that, that would that they have force sensibilities and that, that becomes a big thing for him is protecting those children from various races um yeah. and po- potential threats yeah um so there's there's a part of their culture that is already steeped in that they don't quite understand the force as it were they're right. not aware of jedis they're not aware of siths they've existed in a part of the galaxy where a lot of this nonsense the politics um that have created such problems in the galaxy and specifically the republic and the lack thereof at times they don't understand it at all so He's out there doing his own thing, and then at some point he randomly encounters Anakin Skywalker, and they help each other out. And then many years later, he gets brought into the Empire by the Emperor. And it doesn't really. It, there's no explanation yet of what we've read to kinda show. Kind of sort. It's not like a concrete yeah. specific one, but it's kind of like a read between the lines explanation. There's a he little thinks- bit in the comics I was mentioning. Yeah. about that but i don't think it goes deep deep into it um the one thing that i do remember and this is in a little short youtube video i saw uh is that um like basically from the beginning palpatine sees something in him right and uh and this is even though like there's sort of a bit of racism toward him in a way toward Thrawn. yeah yeah, yeah palpatine is historically you know well known to hate aliens yeah yeah which is why you see uh, like all humanoid people on you know who are in underneath him but throne that's another thing that makes throne stand out right is that is that there and he's because there's a scene in the comic where where he's actually bestowing upon throne his new top rank and he goes and he says something to the fact of, I don't know uh, if anybody else will see, uh, will understand this when he's doing that. Because it's just such a major deal that this non-human is in the rank that he's in. Right. The, the way I got I gathered it was he joined with the Empire because it was a mutual thing to help protect the Chiss ascendancy and basically yes. his people. And the Empire wanted him a part of them because it helped them expand the empire basically beyond the outer rim um into unexplored space because that was kind of the thing that yeah he had no idea what the republic was the whole idea of it and he was pretty he was actually very foreign in in my favorite one of my favorite books of all time thrawn alliances um during the crossover scene with him and anakin skywalker or the the uh the the throwback scene uh, he had no idea what the clone wars was and this was ravaging the galaxy uh his people were ignorant in a sense um to, to everything kind of going on so that's how far out it was but it was just a mutual beneficial thing where thrawn yes he did benefit the empire but his ultimate desire um from what i gathered was just 
to the protection of the 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 the, the chiss um you know destroying the grisk and, and some of the other potential enemies that you know that he could and you've seen by by a lot of his actions he came into conflict with the emperor and, and vader at times um in his in his effort to protect the chiss He's one of the few that has ever stood up to the Emperor with absolute no repercussions at all. Yeah. Yeah. Noble. It's very noble. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting back to the old um, maybe he's on the spectrum thing. It, it, <laughs> the puzzle solving portions of his life, it, which Johnny already touched on with the art, that is really what sets him apart is that he's able to see things quicker um understand of the sacrifices that you can make uh being unpredictable purposely putting yourself in vulnerable situations you know he uses all these things in order to manipulate his opponent to get results that he can better predict so a lot of times it's not even about he figured you out it's that he let you think you figured him out he he gave you so so something so simple and you jumped all over it and then you fall into a trap and right his his creativity, his understanding of, you know, more to a person than just X Y Z. You know, it's the his understanding of different cultures is so cool, and the fact that he's also kind of a badass. If you watch the Rebels, um, dude can fight. Yeah. Um, normally just a blaster to finish you off, but at the same time, I mean. He goes hand to hand with some force sensitive people, and he does all right on his own. Um, doesn't win, but you know, <laughs> Betsy can never do is come to a draw with that. But <laughs> I, I think um, stemming from what Timothy Zahn laid out back in 1991 with Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and then The Last Command, uh, it is a vastly different character, I think, now that we're yes. dealing with than what was laid out originally back then. The original character had a lot more anger to him. There, it was a lot more. He was very vindictive. He was very. He, he punished people. He he didn't had, feel as cerebral as he does now. And I, no, I that was I was probably my least favorite version of Thrawn was the original interpretation of him. I'm with you there, 100. percent Because you know, while it's Timothy Zahn's character, and then you go many many years without that character being touched at all, and thank god he did um he was brought in to canon in rebels and timothy john along with collaboration of the the writers for star wars rebels and whatnot he went back into the books and he adapted thrawn to more of what you were seeing in rebels he's right. softer he is more cerebral um and you know it, his goals aren't as because in a lot of ways, the original trilogy is he's trying to be the new emperor. Yes. Like that is, and now you're seeing that in Ahsoka, but that that's not what you're seeing originally in those books or even in Rebels. They don't, that is not what you're thinking is that he's trying to rule the galaxy. You know, he's more or less just wanting to be the command and, and be as strong as he can to, like you said, protect his, his race. Yeah. I, um, Maybe it's like a a biased thing, but one of my favorite historical figures, if not my most favorite historical figure, is Napoleon Bonaparte. And I, watching Thrawn, reading about Thrawn, hearing Thrawn, the way that his men worship him, they 
they rally to him gives off a lot of vibes like that. Um, and here's what I mean. So Vader and the emperor, uh, both like you were incredibly scared, you know, of, of them. You were terrified. You were doing your job out of more so fear. Did you fear just being disappointed, you know, disappointing Thrawn? Absolutely. But Thrawn, and I've been reading the, the it's a newer one, the Chiss Ascendancy um, Chaos Rising book, where he's actually like, they don't, his military position isn't supposed to really associate with the Skywalkers, but he does. And he actually helps the one that is joining him overcome her fear of flying and, and overcome all the nightmares and stuff. He actually does that because he gets personal. Like he, he, you know, he wants to know and understand his pe- his people, the people that are working with him, and and mo- help motivate them. Like he gets close, and that, you know, again, reading a lot of Napoleon stuff, that's what he used to do. That's why Napoleon became famous, and why he was able to will himself to become uh, the French emperor. Was that instead of you know, uh, I'm going to go in my tent all the way over there. I'm going to sit around the campfire and talk and chatter with my men and make sure they're good, make sure they have everything that they need. And that's how he build that support. And I think that's like a, and I don't know if it's intentional or not, but the vibe is definitely there where, where Thrawn's a little bit more hands-on. He's more, more compassionate, Um, whether strategic, I mean, obviously strategically, but he, there's a compassionate side to him where I don't think he's truly evil. I don't think Thrawn's truly evil. I think there's a bit of a gray area there. Um, he just, we just look at him as the ultimate villain because he is with the empire, but his, his intentions for motivating the people around, I I think are, 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 are well off. I I think there's a certain, uh, there's a certain charm and romantic romanticization. Um, I think that's how you say it of the way that, that Thrawn is. I think there's a, there's a little bit of a comparison to pulling in there, but, um, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. It's, it's. The the thing the thing is, I also think that he obviously is incredibly intelligent. He knows what side he's on, so I don't think he would have any qualms with people calling him "quote unquote" evil because he, right. he's well aware of what the side he's on has done. I mean, there's no hiding that. They literally built uh, a giant uh, twice. They built something to kill planets. <laughs> so, well, it, in the in, yeah, he, he tries in the to, books, he was very he was actually against it, which is yeah, but he, that's not. I mean, again, that's something you'd have to you know. See, I wouldn't know that. Yeah. Right, right, right. He's worried in those books. He is worried about. All right, well, now you have created a super weapon that you could come to my part of the galaxy and just wipe yeah. me out. Like he doesn't yeah. want that. Um, uh, but the one thing I was going to say that I think that the show Ahsoka did really well for me as a guy who didn't know so much about him, is just the, and this to me made him even more menacing, was how calm he stays. Yeah. That calmness, like he he doesn't seem like he can get rattled. Like the one moment where he sort of clenches his jaw just a little bit, like that's all he really showed of being remotely rattled. And to me, that is even more menacing. Like how do you get under this guy's skin? Right. Yeah, that's that's been the demeanor that they they captured very well. Oh for sure. Yeah. J- Johnny, you should listen to the audiobooks. Uh because the the guy that does the voice of Thrawn um it's not a direct one to one with the actor, but it is the same voice and that emote that you're talking about that he conveys so well is it's amazing. So many different situations of just 
people around him on his bridge just freaking out and he's just like it's all right it's yeah. all good his voice man it they, they did a really good job of of you know bringing that all to life i, uh, I it, love it, i love his interaction so much man more more than a lot of other characters we've encountered in star wars yeah i listen I'm there's thinking. there's youtube videos just search out thrawn's like thrawn wisdom and you can just hear him talking and like give quotes and and everything it's it's a very tranquil um kind of like seductive voice like it's 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 very nice to it's very nice to listen to very nice to listen to um but uh i mean that, that's that's kind of i mean that's that's thrown in a, in a nutshell i mean there's so there's so much out there there's plenty of books there's comics there's um you know a he hasn't done too much in the world of video games, but I think Thrawn's really going to hit that mainstream popularity. Hopefully not that annoying mainstream popularity that like Deadpool and Harley Quinn hit where everybody's dressing up as them for Halloween. But, um, but hopefully a relatively popular where they start. Okay. They start churning out a lot more, more Thrawn stuff. And, and I can only hope like that this movie gets greenlit. I'm still worried about it again, because there's been absolutely nothing that has alluded to it yet like aside from like a teaser but there's no, again no trailer no casting no 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 script nothing i just hope that we get to see thrawn like this is just a taste ahsoka was just a taste i really hope that we get to see thrawn be the 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 big uh big bad that that he was always meant to be that timothy zahn always intended yeah yeah so if you're interested in learning more about Ron and in, in, in his history, um, in order of chronological, like how it would lay out in Star Wars, you need to go uh, Chaos Rising, Greater Good, and Lesser Evil, and they give you the backstory of yep. Ron and where he was. That's what I'm on now. Yep. yep. Then you can go to the next Timothy Zahn uh, trilogy, which is Thrawn, Alliances, and Treason. And I know Matt referenced uh, Alliances, it's his favorite. It's also one of my favorites, and I, I mean, alliances and treason are kind of tied for me. Uh, a little bit. I, I love Anakin, so to see them like react and you know interact in the past, and then watching Thrawn troll Darth Vader, saying, "Oh yeah, it, yeah. these this mission we went on before," and Vader just like, "No, <laughs> that never happened." <laughs> it's 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 like this beautiful just dick measuring contest between the two. It's so good. Um. I'm actually uh, about halfway through Lesser Evil of the um, old uh, old times of Thrawn, so okay. it's it's kind of it's not as good. Yeah, and it's good. Oh man, that's a that's a bad plug for Timothy Zahn. Uh, it just doesn't. It's no. It's not current characters. You have to fall in love with new characters. Yeah, yeah. And the names are very confusing too. There's the, all the apostrophes and stuff. Like right now, I've been trying to remember his his. Um, like bridge commander, but they don't call it that. I'm trying to remember what his name is right now, and he's probably my second favorite character. Is it, uh, Ooh, Eli? Is it Eli oh, Vanto? No, 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 no. The guy that oh, runs in the, in this new story. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, check out the Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and Last Command. It's got nothing to do with anything canon. It's all legends, uh, but it's fun. It's it's still good stuff. I I would I think for you to for. I know I'm grateful that I read that the newer Thrawn trilogy, Thrawn, Thrawn Alliances, and Thrawn Treason before I read the original. I think it helped me like the character a lot more personally um, because it felt like a step back 
So I, you know, it, but it is, it is a really good story. Really, really cool stuff. And you can see where the influence from us, you know, that Ahsoka pulled from in it. So, um, but there it is, everybody. Um, there is, uh, this month's episode, uh, toy talk in, in, in grand, grand Admiral Thrawn next month. Nobody gets a choice because I said right from the beginning, as soon as we started doing this podcast that for Christmas, <laughs> we are going to do the Star Wars holiday special. And yes, that holiday special, we are going to watch it. We are going to review it and whatever it is. Uh, and that is going to be our theme for the month of December. That is going to be our episode topic. And plus whatever Star Wars news that happens to pop up. Now that the strikes are over, more stuff is being announced uh, very quickly, very quickly yeah. that they weren't allowed to really talk about for the last few months. So, um, so there is that, but uh, thank you so much, everyone for tuning into this month's episode. We appreciate your support uh, as always. And on behalf of Brian, Johnny, and I, till next month, we'll talk to you right here on The Aaron of Rules. Join us.